Hey guys, this is Ralph Macchio. Hey, what's up y'all? This is William Zabka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. And I am Brianna. And we are back, this time with a bonus episode titled, This or That, the Karate Kid Cobra Kai Edition? Question mark? Uh, that works for me. That works for me too. Uh, you, clearly, you clicked on the episode, so here we are doing a fun one today. Um, the reason I wanted to do this one, obviously, we are, uh, everyone's kind of going delirious waiting for some season three news. So as we approach the release of such content and ultimately season three, we wanted to, we wanted to create some fun stuff for all the fans to kind of get you guys hyped up and, and ready for what's to come. Yeah, see, because we don't leave our listeners sitting in a vacuum <laughs> having no idea what's going on. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's the shadiest I've ever heard it. Um, But I love that they do it because it's going to make the payoff that much sweeter. I think so. I think so. Um, In terms of content being released, at the time of this recording, you yourself last night just shared uh, another amazing Brianna piece. uh, And it it is all out there. Uh, John Hurwitz has uh, retweeted it. He's, I don't know, has he shared it uh, on the Book of Faces? Um, no, no, okay. he 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 retweeted it on Twitter. Um, Hayden liked it, which oh. was a very pleasant surprise because Hayden never likes anything I do. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, and also, oh, speaking of a like, uh, you also got a like from Ralph himself. That's awesome. I did. Yeah. So there you go. It made me happy. Yeah, yeah. It, well, that made me happy uh, to see that as well. So you're getting all the loves uh, again. Uh, check it out. It's an amazing piece. Um, I, I think I dozed off before you completed it last night, so I'm a little surprised that uh, with the caption you went with something a little bit differently than, than what we were talking about before. Yeah, it just, it 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 felt right. It was, I don't know. I mean, because we don't know why he's going to Okinawa, but it makes sense that he's going back to find out where he started. Yeah, and, and I like what you said there, that it, it just felt right. You know, I, I think that kind of goes back to something that... Uh, it, when we did the Q and A episode the last time, I was talking about something, and it and it sounded like I was shading you. At least that's what you said, and I was trying to basically say say that, like you know, in terms of storytelling, like if it if, if it feels and sounds right, go with it, regardless of what was maybe said in the past or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yes. So, um, all right. Uh, this or that, Brianna? Have you ever done a this or that, or do you even know what it is? Because uh, when I first posted this in our group, which, by the way, thank you to the companions that submitted these, um, so some people didn't know what it was, so I had to explain it. Um, I've never done one before because I, I'm not in a position to have ever done one before. Mm-hmm. But I know what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for those that are unfamiliar with a this or that, uh, the companions in our group, they gave us uh, two, two things usually kind of related, and then we have, to dis- uh, we have to pick one of the two and explain why. Very simple, and I think this may, I don't know, tell the listeners a little bit more about us into why we would choose such things, maybe. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, it also depends on what it is. Some of it just might be nothing, but some of it might be like might be a little telling more about us. Some of them are going to be incredibly difficult to answer. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure they are. I, at first, I was trying to keep up and and um, you know, try to be familiar with what was going on, so that way it's not a complete surprise. But they came in numbers, didn't they? Uh, everybody was submitting something, and I kind of lost track, and I just gave up. <laughs> so, oh yeah, we got a lot of these. I'm, I'm actually really, really happy with the interaction on this thread. Oh, absolutely. And again, you know, I think uh, obviously the, the the group is very interactive, and, and I think everybody wants to be a part of something. So uh, again, I can't thank the group enough for for coming through. I I was a little concerned that it was going to be like just a handful or something like that but everybody really did chime in and i think everybody was maybe not intentionally but it seemed like some were trying to one up one another <laughs> at, at some point yes so, so we will see we will see all right so um i don't know maybe we'll just take turns reading uh maybe you go with the first one and go ahead and and give your answer and then we'll alternate okay that sounds good or we could both answer like we oh, take no, turns we, asking we, and then we both we answer. We both will answer. Yes, we both will oh, answer, okay. but whoever is reading, take the first ah, decision or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Words are hard for me. Okay. Words are hard for me, too. <laughs> okay, so the very first question comes from Dorian T. Uh, Johnny and Carmen or Johnny and Melissa, the girl from season two, episode eight. No brainer, Johnny and Carmen. Okay. I've been wanting Johnny and Carmen together since the first time she told him off. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I agree with you, Johnny and Carmen, but uh, I'm going to go a different path just because of where we saw them last, right, in in season two. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to... I don't think Melissa will be back, at least for season three. Uh, This is just a guess from me. Uh, But I'm going to go with Johnny and Melissa just because... They're a good pairing. Now, having said that, I think Carmen would be the best person for him because I think she could make Johnny who we all hope that he can be. Whereas Melissa would just, she she's a female version of Johnny. So he there's going to be no change in him there, you know? See, that's what I was going to say. I don't think Johnny and Melissa could last very long right. just because they would drag each other back down into that pit that he's trying to climb out of and I don't think Carmen would make him into who we want him to be I think Carmen would make him be who she wants him to be or who he is Mm. before she would get involved in anything serious with him okay fair enough yeah so I'm gonna go with the opposite just to be different there but I I agree with you okay very Uh, cool all right uh I'm gonna skip the next one from uh, Brianna no You have to ask. It's in the thread. That's oh, the good. rule. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Brianna asks, Peter or Bree? Um, I'm going to go with Bree because she's a lot more talented. And I'm going to go with Peter because oh, yeah. he's the most amazing pod show host ever. <laughs> and I love him. Oh, God. Okay. that's a. I think that's a push. That's a push there. That was a push. Uh, next from Ron Y. Mike Barnes or Chosen? Ugh, this one's a rough one. Um, I am curious because you said rough and not tough, so. Yeah, this this one's difficult because when it comes to bad guys, Chosen chosen comes at it a really misplaced and perverted sense of honor. Mm. Um, 
but there's still like an actual honorable, at least in his screwed up mind, place that he's coming from with his hatred of Daniel. Mike just is a straight up psycho who does it for money. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I just I love them both so much. Um, I think I have to go with Chosen just because he's got that little edge that I can see him being redeemable. Okay, you don't think Mike Barnes is redeemable? No, I think I think Mike Barnes is a straight up psychotic, just mercenary. And I, if, if he was already that at seventeen, I don't think he's improved much. Okay, well, that's very fair. I like that a lot. Um, no, no surprise here. Uh, chosen, I, I chose chosen. Uh, I, I did in the fantasy draft. Uh, did I? Hmm. Okay, I kind of forget. I'm pretty sure you did. I've listened to it a couple times. I'm pretty sure you had yeah, chosen. Well, probably. E- either way, yeah, I choose chosen. Um, it's more of a biased thing, but I I agree with what you said actually, uh, and and I was actually gonna even go as far as like, well, you know, in part two we saw more of chosen and we saw more of his doings and and attacks on Daniel. Then I thought about it. I go, well, you know, we we saw Mike too, maybe not as much, and. Both characters were willing to kill Daniel. <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Yeah, know? Chosen is the only one who has ever actively... Okay, all three of them have either threatened to or tried to. Johnny did it on accident. Um, I don't think Johnny had any intention of killing Daniel. He just almost did. Chosen set out to do it twice. And came very close both times. Yeah. Mike threatened to multiple times, but never actually did anything that rose to that level. So And it's hard to gauge, like, you know, I mean, Chosen smacked Kumiko, Mike Barnes kicked Jessica. And threatened to throw her off the cliff and threatened to rape her and, and all that other it, stuff. Yeah. Mike's just a straight up piece of shit. Yeah. And and see the the other thing is like uh Although Chosen kinda made the same threat against Kumiko too. Right. See, and I was gonna kinda say that like I, I don't know if uh if those two are that far different, but Mike Barnes might have been a little bit verbal with everything. You know what I mean? Like he just might have spoke out his thoughts a little bit more. Maybe Chosen's a little bit more reserved that I think he's capable of doing all those other things too. He just may not as voice it voice it as much as Mark Barnes does. Right. And and it, when, it, when you look at it that way and all the different threats and things that they made, yeah, it really does come down to the Chosen did it for a reason. Mike did it for money. Yep. Okay. There you go. I, I think that helps solidify Chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Chosen. All right. Uh, the next one comes from Stacy, And okay, so I had to read this one. So she says, so who will Johnny pick to help, Miguel or Robbie? I'm going to go with Miguel. Uh, Miguel is, I know Robbie's his child and, you know, Miguel is his pupil. If we saw anything from season one, uh, especially episode four, where the, you know, the whole like misdirect, well, oh, is he trying to give, or is he, does he want a second chance with Robbie? No, it actually ended up being Miguel. And the fact how things ended with Robbie taking Sam to Johnny's house and all that and. All that mess. It, it, a lot of the Cobra Kai related stuff. I'm gonna revert back to the things that we kind of last saw. So I'm think I think I'm gonna go with Miguel on this one because also I feel um, Johnny feels very responsible for what happened with Miguel at the end. 
Okay. Now she had said that, you know, we would, we should choose that you should argue Miguel and I should argue Robbie. That's not actually how I was coming at it, but it's going to end up being the way she wanted it because... (laughs) Maybe she listens to the show enough. (laughs) It's entirely possible. I'm going to say Robbie. Um, And this was another difficult one. This one took a a heck of a lot of thought. Johnny does feel wholly responsible for what happened to Miguel. So does Daniel. They both take the blame fully on their shoulders for what happened. Miguel at the moment, is in a place where Johnny can't help him because he doesn't know how. So he's going to have to leave Miguel to the ministrations of the doctors and the specialists and the nurses and the people who actually can help right. him. including his family. Yes. And plus, Carmen told him to go the fuck away. Right. And not knowing, I'm sure that when Miguel wakes up, he's not going to blame Johnny. No, I don't believe that at all, yeah. Um, So he won't push him away. But Carmen has, and Miguel is 16, 17 years old, which means if Carmen has, then Johnny's gone. But Robbie is, once they find the child anyway, um, Robbie's not hurt. He's feeling guilty. He's feeling all kinds of emotions that Johnny has felt before so he can relate to him. And I think he also feels obviously responsible for his child. And this is one that he can possibly help. Provided, of course, he doesn't believe that he can't help anybody and he's just, you know, done, which is also possible. I think so. So I say Robbie. Okay. And I know you said that she was trying to have us like, you know, kind of, you know, argue for the two. But yeah, it, it's funny it ended up being that way. But again, somebody listens to us enough, they, they start to know things about us, you know? Yes. Yes. All right. Next is from Jeremy B. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy from the Cobra Guys. Season one or season two? That's this a is good not one. a fair question. No, this it's is not, not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, man, that's a good one. That that that's that's a podcaster right there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um they're both so freaking good. In their own they're, way. Yeah, they're they're good in, in totally different ways. Season two, I got to see Daniel fight. Season one, I got to see Daniel put the headband on. Season two, we got to see Johnny cry. Season one, we got to see Johnny almost cry. I mean, it's eh, um. Season two is definitely definitely the most emotional. Um, season two if, is the painful one. Yes. Yeah. Um. You know, all over social media, especially for the ones that continue to keep like, oh, Cobra Kai. I just checked it out for the first time, kind of thing. The the thing that people often say, like, oh, number one is such a nostalgic trip, and um, you know, season two is its own thing. So I'll go ahead and 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 jump in with my decision. I'm going to choose uh, season two. I don't know how else to phrase it, but um, it, I, I feel it's more of its own thing. You know, we we get some of the, you know, the feels from the Karate Kid movies and stuff, but I feel like it is it's more uh, its own thing. We get a lot more of the younger cast, uh, new cast members and stuff, uh, whereas the first uh, season one was setting up, you know, the world and, and introducing us to new people and incorporating things from the past if that makes sense oh that's a good answer thank you <laughs> um i'm going to have to go with season one okay barely and the whole reason is because without season one there would be no season two. Oh, fair enough yeah 
So, or three or four or five or absolutely. however many are coming. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have to go with season one just because it's the one that started it's the foundation. this crazy ride. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, and, and I, I guess it's no secret, but there's no right or wrong answer. These are just our own no. opinions, yeah. No, this is as subjective as it can possibly be. All right, so the next one, I like this. This is going to be interesting. So Jose asks, golf and stuff or tea ceremony? So I'm going to assume that this is kind of like, you know, like a date-ish kind of thing, you know, where you're, or or is he asking like the scene? Um, I think he's specifically asking about maybe date with Ali versus date with Kumiko. Okay. Hmm. But then there's also Miguel and Sam there. And Miyagi, yeah. and Mr. Miyagi and Yukie. Yeah. Um, the, okay. Well, I guess it's a little bit tougher than, than I thought. Because for me personally, I mean, this, this is really situational. Um, I don't know if I'll ever find myself in a tea ceremony, it, it, number one. Um, number two, I feel the tea ceremony is maybe not sacred, but is, is a very special thing. So, um, it would have to be like a loved one, I feel, or golf and stuff is like, it's, it's a, it's a date. Like you can take anybody to that. Right. Well, I guess I might've just answered my own question. I thought I was going to go with golf and stuff, but I think I just chose tea ceremony. <laughs> I think you did. I yeah. think you talked yourself into it. I did. Well, that was um, weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, wait, I didn't even know I thought that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with tea ceremony too. Um, I love golf and stuff. Mm-hmm. I I've I been loved there. the original. Yep. Oh no, no, I have not. <laughs> Asshole. Not yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> um I I loved Allie and Daniel's first date there. Um, I loved Miguel and Sam's first date being there. I would imagine that when they were young and, and possibly still broke, Daniel took, you know, Amanda there. I don't know. Men traditionally don't do the tea ceremony for women, right? So that would be Amanda would have had to do that for Daniel, which means I don't think she ever did. So that one's something specifically to him and Kumiko. Mm-hmm. And it it's all going to come down to, for me, just the beauty of the shot. And that is one of the most beautifully shot scenes in that entire movie. And that Conti score. Yes. And the, the typhoon moving in and all of that. So I'm actually going to have to go with tea ceremony, too. Yeah, the perfect storm that is being created around there. Yes, the storm is one of my favorite songs. Uh, probably my favorite song on all of the scores. I love oh, the storm. Yeah. Uh, this is Jose again. Freddy Fernandez or Anoush? Ow. Ow. Um, man, I love me some Freddy. I do. Everybody knows that. I was going to, I was going to say Anoush because at least he never walked out on Daniel, but oh, yes, he did. So, favorite potential sidekick that abandoned him, I guess is how we're going to look at this. In which case I go with Freddy because Freddy came back. He did. He did, but how much longer was he around after the events of the first movie, you know? At least with Anoush, I feel, you know, he's he's spent some years with Daniel, obviously. Yeah. I'm going to pick Anoush on this one, just for that. Okay. Because if you if you subscribe to the fact, uh, you know, to the video where it says that Freddie Fernandez was the master manipulator, 
you know, who's like, oh, this kid knows karate, you know, and tries to. Oh, this is true. And he set up the whole fight. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Encouraging him to encouraging him to flirt with Allie. Yep. yep. Set the whole thing up. Exactly. So if you subscribe to that theory, then I would go with Anoush because he wouldn't have done that. No, no, I don't think he would have done that. I don't think he would have gone that far. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys haven't seen that video, it's actually, they make a very good case. <laughs> they uh, do. Yeah, check it out. They do. I'm going to stick with Freddie. Okay. Um, because it's a, you know, a kid who has known him for 24 hours, abandoning him and then coming back four months later, or someone who has been one of his best friends for years, walking out on him over money. Uh, I, I I don't know. If it, I mean, I don't. It's it's not just money, though. Well, yeah, he was pissed at Johnny because <laughs> uh, Daniel didn't do anything about Johnny. Yeah, but but it's also it's also just Daniel. I mean, not just, but it's Daniel has a part of it as well. It's not just Johnny, and it's not just money. Daniel had I a big know. part of it. Yeah, Daniel's Daniel's got some tunnel vision going on, and he's exactly. not seen the periphery very well. Yeah, and and I think because of the incident with Johnny, that kind of just pushed it over, right? Like he, again, I don't think it was about the money because it's like Daniel, if you just give me, if if you can just show me that I am important to you, even an inkling of importance, yeah, in terms of you know your staff, a friend, maybe if you pay some attention, I I will stay. But yeah, for him to just dismiss the meetings and and all of this, he left. So um, I think it it hurt him yeah. more on, you know, uh, a different level uh, than monetary. Excellent, excellent point. And I think we may have finally figured out why Daniel has no friends. That could be it. Yeah, he seems to really suck at it. <laughs> he sucks at keeping friends. Yes, I, I don't know how him and Amanda lasted this long. So what? <laughs> <laughs> because she beat him into submission. That could be it, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, let's see here. The next one comes from Rick, 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 Rick. Uh, red mats or blue mats? And this one's very simple. I'm going to go with red just because it's the OG, and I prefer that color over blue. I'm going to go with blue because mm. dwindling attendance. And it was it was time. The time was ripe to strike and change things up. And the attendance at the 50th anniversary was fantastic. And that was all because they heard they switched up to blue mats with okay. gold fists. All right. See, you, you know, you, you went with a different approach there, like the the, the, the meaning behind those particular mats. I, I'm simply picking it because of color. Um, I just love Mr. Blue Mats. I think he's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so I, I love the iconic original red mats, but I love that blue on yellow. Yeah, the blue and yellow is really, really sharp looking. Mm-hmm. It really is. Okay, so next question is also Rick's. When painting over a spray-painted dick on a billboard, begin in the middle or at the end? Mark this down on your calendar as the one and only time that Brie agrees with Louie. Come in from either end so you always have a wet edge. Mm, I would have started in the middle. I, I agree with Daniel. If that was me, start with my face. Cover that up first. <laughs> <laughs> I know people know it's my billboard. I know people have seen my face every single day for however long it's been up there, but cover right. that up first. Right. Instead of like zooming in the focus on the dick in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That, that was interesting that we went differently. Interesting that I agreed with Louie yeah. about well, anything. But but that makes sense. I, I, I totally get that, though. It does. Yeah. 
And the next uh, Rick continues, uh, sashimi or fish sticks? And easy one for me, sashimi. Easy for me too, because I've never had sashimi, so fish sticks. I've oh. never had sushi ever in my life. I know we've we've kind of discussed this. Um, yeah, and it makes no sense because I love seafood, but the thought of eating raw fish terrifies me. Yeah, but so. to clean it out and and all that stuff too. So, I know. You know, it's, I know. It's not you know flopping on your plate or anything, right? It, it is dead. <laughs> it's just fresh dead fish. I can't even eat trout that still has the eyes on it, though. Oh, okay. I, if I'm gonna eat, because I'm. Which I've are been vegan. Yeah, people. I've I've been vegan and I'm mostly vegetarian anyway. Um, so if I'm going to eat meat, I don't want it staring at me because then I feel guilty. No, I completely understand. It's um, I love tongue taco, and one of my buddies he it, it disgusts him, and he says that he was once told as a child you never eat anything that can lick you back. <laughs> I was okay. like, okay, fair enough, I guess. My dad, my 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 dad was a German farm boy, so he grew up eating tongue and head cheese and mm. brains and eggs. Yes, you're speaking my language here. <laughs> no. Yes, this no. is this all sounds amazing, especially in a Vietnamese French style sandwich, a banh mi. Those have like well, depending what you order, also has head cheese in it. So I so my my dad introduced head cheese to me at a very young age, and I didn't know what it was. And and by the time I learned what it was, I'd already been eating it for years. So now I do love brown schwager, which you. is pretty close to the same thing. Oh, okay. I think okay, it's liverwurst. It's a it's a modified liverwurst, and I I I can eat some brown schwager, but I will eat anything. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. So uh, I can have a a wooden boat of sashimi because you know sometimes uh, sushi restaurants serve fish on boats, and uh, yeah, I can eat me a whole of those you know whether it's salmon tuna whatever I'll, I'll eat it all matter of fact this sounds amazing i might have sushi tonight who knows oh you do that i think we're having taco salad or something is it tongue no <laughs> they sell that at walmart but no <laughs> i would not get tongue from walmart i would <sighs> stick with the food carts or something oh yeah there's the 5,000 people places. in this town. We don't have anything authentic. Mm. Our Mexican restaurants are all run by white people. I mean, come on. Sure. Yeah, we got nothing. Uh, Chris S., good Sato or bad Sato? Hmm. I, I see where he go, he's going with this, and it's not as simple as one would think, um, actually. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, Because even when Sato was bad... It was just like chosen. It came from a place of honor, and it was a much stricter thing in his generation. So this was his whole life. It dominated his whole life. And good Sato, bad Sato, they're the same person. He just realized that Mr. Miyagi still loved him despite everything. And risked his and Daniel's life to save him. So, but then again, when he was bad, he told Chosen. I don't. I don't think he told Chosen to kill Daniel. No, I think he told Chosen to beat the shit out of Daniel. Mm -hmm. And Chosen decided to kill him. Or um, attempt. <laughs> it came pretty. It came pretty close. Yeah, um, but you're speaking as if he did die. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> <laughs> no. that's the way I'm hearing it. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, if you read the book, though, he's like way more out of it in the book. Mm. By the time Mr. Miyagi gets there, he doesn't even recognize him. Um, good Sato, just because Good Sato defended Daniel and Bad Sato threw him to the wood to, to, to the wolves. Okay. Or the wolf. Okay. Um, I like everything you said. I don't know if I have uh, much more to add, honestly. And uh, just to be different, I'm going to go with Bad Sato. Um, and anybody that heard, uh, you know, me and Tom review Karate Kid 2, I, I mentioned when, when I was a kid, when Sato turned, I, I thought it was like, wait, is this a different actor? Why is his inflection all different? Like, good, good Sato talks differently and everything. His so, voice changes. Yeah, it yep. completely th- threw me as a child. Um and uh, I don't know. I, I think we get so much more of Bad Sato. It's kind of hard to be like, yeah, good Sato. You know, yeah, I I like this guy. Like, you, obviously, we wanted him to see. We 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 wanted to see him be good and all that. But um, I don't think we appreciate good Sato without the bad Sato. So kind of like how you said, like season one and season two. Right. Very good point. Very good point. I'm I'm just going to say at this point, for anyone who hasn't figured it out yet, I'm going to frame all my answers through the lens of what does it mean for Daniel? Mm. And whatever is best for Daniel is the answer I'm going to give. Okay. So. All right. Fair enough. Go figure. Uh, the next one comes from uh, Ron, Snake and Dennis, or Dutch and Bobby? This this, this this one's hard for one reason only, <laughs> uh, and and you know you, you can disagree if, if you if you like, but I, I feel since we're both uh, such good friends with Sensei William Christopher Ford, uh, it's kind of hard to go against Dennis. But you know I'm not a I, I don't completely love Snake. I honestly I don't really care for Snake. But Dutch and Bobby are OG Cobras. You know that's number one first and foremost. So, uh, so, so now we got Dutch and Bobby kind of versus Dennis for me. But I'm going to have to give it to Dutch and Bobby because we do get more of them in the first movie. Okay, I can see that. I'm I'm torn in the same way you are and for the same reason. Hello, Sensei Ford. We love you. <laughs> yes. um, Thank you for our gifts. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Don't don't even. I'm going to start balling again. No, I'll um, leave it at that. Ah, Snake. Jonathan Abelson. Have you seen his audition for Mike Barnes. I have. A matter of fact, uh, it, it might have been shared a couple of times in our group. Yeah. He took Mike into creepy in a whole new direction. Mm-hmm. It's something that would never, ever end up in an 80s movie. Ever. I don't know if you've seen enough 80s movies, but we'll continue. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. That was pretty over the top. I think Ralph was uncomfortable with that audition to say nothing of Daniel. Oh, sure. And I'm that was the intent. Yeah. Um, so, oh, man. But yeah, Dutch and Bobby. Ah, oh, God. Bobby's so pretty. And he's got that beautiful hair. Sure. But, but also, Dutch and Bobby have a lot more lines. You know, I kind of mentioned we, we get more Dutch and Bobby. But Dennis has one line. And the, the man is still fighting off Shoji screens. He is the phantom of the, <laughs> the phantom of the Shoji screen because it doesn't hit back and it's his best friend. It's like his plank from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. He carries it with him everywhere. Um, Dutch and Bobby got those iconic lines. I'm sorry, Sensei. <laughs> I have to go with Dutch and Bobby. Yeah, all right. There you go. Ah, that was rough. Okay, this one's easy. Sam or Julie? Sam, I've never met Julie. 
Uh, that that is true. Uh, we'll, we'll have to figure out how you can meet Julie some someday. Um, I, 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 that's that's to say, I've never seen the movie, so no, I yeah, I know I, I know that, yeah. but you're right. Clarifying, just in case some of the listeners didn't. Yeah, I've never met Sam either. I've never met Mary Mauser. That would be you. But but we are still talking about Sam and Julie, not Mary, yes. uh, Mary and Hillary. Um, I'm gonna go with. See, you're having a hard time with this. I, I am, and obviously I would have shortened that pause <laughs> in post. Uh, I'm going to go with Sam. I, I don't necessarily care for the next Karate Kid. I, I think it's fine. Again, if you guys heard my review of that movie, you know I wasn't very high on it. But it, the, the other thing is, it is canon, so I'm not going to dismiss Julie. See, Mr. Miyagi was there, you know, he taught her karate because she had something in her, and he knew her grandfather, was it, I believe? Mm-hmm. But at least with Sam, she's, you know, she's Daniel's daughter, and Mr. Miyagi saw her kind of grow up for a few years, you know, so I, I, I love that story. We don't know what happens after the next Karate Kid. We don't know how much, if any. I think she called him G-san. You, you, I really you, do. You have mentioned that, but with yep. Julie, like, how much more did their relationship continue after the events, you know what I mean? So if um, I know there's some theories and some speculation from the fandom that uh, perhaps at some point, especially when Mr. Miyagi passed away, maybe that's when Julie and Daniel met, which is, you know, that's that's all gravy and all, even if that's the case. Like, again, how much more is Julie really part of this universe? So I'm going to give it to Sam for that, because we know at this point how much she is involved with all of this, if that makes any sense. It does. That makes perfect sense. And um, something a bit more encompassing than just, well, I've never seen that movie. Um, what I have gathered from that movie is Mr. Miyagi's relationship with Julie completely destroyed everything about his relationship with Daniel. And that pisses me off. That's why I refuse to watch the movie. Uh, suddenly, Daniel is not the first person he's taught. Here is this this child that was like desperate desperate for this man to hug him and it took him a year but after six weeks he's teaching Julie to waltz and hugging her and comforting her and it was just nonsense and his relationship with Daniel was so sacred to me and so deep and for him to have that relationship with anyone else just pisses me off so that would be the real reason I'm choosing Sam okay she is an extension of Daniel he can have that relationship with her yeah and everything you're saying totally makes sense, but I, obviously I can't convince you otherwise. But in my opinion, it's like, okay, just just remember that fourth movie, whole new different crew, right? Yes. The, the writing and all that stuff fucked up his name. <laughs> yes, okay. wrong name. If you keep that stuff in mind, perhaps you can maybe not forgive the movie, but give it a pass because it's that... All, all that stuff that was written in there and the, the direction that the story took and all that stuff completely different people behind it you know who weren't there for the first three movies for the continuity and 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 all of that stuff it's the karate kid multiverse right up there with a blue-eyed daniel uh surfing on torpedoes i mean if you can just look at it as a an alternate timeline you know there we go this is miyagi but not the same miyagi because he's got a different name right so. This is his twin brother, Katsuki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just the alternate Miyagi Katsuki. That's, that's all it is. 
Okay, I can I can actually get behind that. Okay, <laughs> when are we gonna watch the next Karate Kid together? <laughs> uh, we'll, never. We'll about, we'll, no, that's not true. Um, we'll talk about that offline. But okay, so okay. We're, we're 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 getting somewhere, people. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, the next one, she uh, chimes in with Miyagi Do Gi design or Cobra Kai Gi design. That one's yours. Okay, fine. Um, okay, so let, let me emphasize, she does say Gi design. That does not say logo design. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Cobra Kai Gi design because that black and yellow, there's just something about it. And the Miyagi Do design, black and yellow, black and yellow. Yes, the you know, uh, shout out to um, Wiz Khalifa. Wait, is it Wiz Khalifa? I have no idea. <laughs> I think it's Wiz Khalifa. Um, I almost wrote a song to that instrumental at one point, but but the Miyagi Do, you know, it's it's the traditional white gi, you know, that that you think of when you think of karate. So I'm gonna go with the Cobra Kai design just because it is it's, it's black and yellow. Okay. Big surprise. I'm going with Miyagi-Do. What? I am. Did not see that coming. Reason being, especially the one that Daniel has in the shadow box on the wall. Okay. The patch meant so much to Mr. Miyagi. And once that was on the back of his gi, all, all of that emotion and faith and trust and everything was transferred to Daniel from him. And yes, it's a very traditional gi. It's the, you know the same gi that every karate student on the planet wears. But the patch makes it special. I and I I understand that. But but this is Miyagi Do gi design. So you're talking about Daniel's gi specifically. I, it is specifically yeah. Uh, I mean Johnny has the the Cobra Kai gi's mass produced. Uh, Daniel's was one that Mr. Miyagi went out and found mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. and then put that patch on the back and that makes that one a heck of a lot more special. And okay. up until Robbie and Sam, uh, there was no other Miyagi Dogi. Daniel's was right. it. Right. So. I, I, I really want to ask a question about season three, but I think we're going to have to wait. <laughs> we already know he's wearing the happy again. Okay, okay, that wasn't it, but I like that. Well, I mean, we don't we don't know that. I <laughs> that's my supposition. Since you threw that in, I'm going to go ahead and ask: Do you think we will see nobody specific, but do you think we will see students wearing a Miyagi Do gi? And you know what? It may not even be called Miyagi Do. Like it, it just might be the root of Miyagi Do. You know what I mean? The same patch and, and um, all that. That's a good question. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Honestly, no. Okay. I think they'll have. I think they'll have the um, the yellow fist and the fish. Right. Um, that Sato. Sato, wore. yeah, chosen also. Uh, just because you know Daniel's connection to karate is through Mr. Miyagi, so the bonsai is on everything. Uh, Sato's co- or uh, chosen's connection to karate is through Sato, mm-hmm. and. The I, I'm pretty sure the because the fist is just Okinawan Goju Ryu, right? Uh, I did once look it up, but I, yeah, I, I think you're right there. Yeah. So it's the it's the the fish, the like infinity symbol of the fish eating each other's tails. That's definitely that something that Sato has worn. Sato. Yes. So I think that would be most likely the the if they have a patch on their geese in Okinawa, that would be the one they would wear. Okay. But we'll find out at some point. 
April, May, June, August, November, whenever. Or you use the fucking big three. It's right there, you know, in your back pocket. They all know. They all know. They've seen it multiple times. Yes. And so have Zach and Leo. And so have, (laughs) yeah, Uh, all all the people, all the movers and shakers have seen it. And they keep holding it over our heads like, we've seen it. We've seen it. Mm -hmm. We love you anyway. (laughs) Okay. Next question. Yellow Ford or Cobra Dodge? That, that this this isn't even a real question. Hello. Uh, it's the Ford. I almost got tasered <laughs> over that car. Okay. I, th- no surprise on your part there. Um, None. So, again, to kind of be different, I'm going to go with the Dodge, the, the Cobra Dodge. Um, the, the biggest reason, okay, the biggest reason I'm going to go with that because it's, it, it's, a, it's a newer car. Uh, I feel the Ford is going to require more maintenance, and I'm not a handy guy. That's that's why I do a podcast, people. So I'm going to go with the Cobra because probably less maintenance at this point anyway. Uh, but I'm also not a fan that either are a Dodge or a Ford because American cars are just harder to kind of keep up with maintenance. And, and guys, Ford stands for found on road dead. People know this. Only after like 1975. <laughs> All right. Uh, but either way, yeah, I'm going to go with the newer cars just because less maintenance uh, and, and I'm not handy and pretty lazy, quite frankly. I would imagine that Daniel at this point has probably put an engine in there that will allow him to use unleaded fuel because finding lead additive is is harder and harder and harder. And I don't think you can actually buy it anymore. All right. You, you know what? If he installs a Mr. Fusion, now we're talking. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, the next one comes from Ron. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, so Ron worded this one in a way where I feel it's not really a this or that. No, it's a a either or. Yeah. Is that still the same thing, or is the question just really confusing me? Well... What it boils down to, basically, is Hawk beating up Kyler or Miguel. But what about it? Yeah. is it can't, Could Hawk do it, or is Miguel the only one? That's not really what we're looking for, though, right? Or am I wrong? N- um, it's kind of skirting the line. The answer is anybody could beat up Kyler. He's a wuss. Uh, hold on now. <laughs> 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 okay, yes, he got Anthony beat up Anthony could beat Johnny. up Kyler. I don't, I, I, hey, hey, come on. <laughs> I know people aren't fans of Kyler, but we haven't seen enough, I feel. And we haven't seen Anthony fought. You don't know that. Anthony doesn't know anything. You, If you want to shade Kyler like that, Kyler can simply put out a bowl of butter and maybe stop Anthony from beating him up, okay? Plus, he could do a double leg, except Anthony's real short. Being short is a huge advantage in wrestling because when they go, the headhunters will go right over your head. And I think you know? people are also dismissing the fact that Kyler is a wrestler, you know. He is. And, and, and that's one thing. I feel if Kyler can prepare himself to take on somebody that takes up martial arts, he can probably better fend himself, you know. Again, like, he's in the parking lot picking on Miguel. He's, he didn't know fucking, four, uh, you know, 45-year-old Johnny was going to bust out some old-school karate on him. Johnny's 51. Okay, you know, I was trying to make him look better. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that, that, that's, <laughs> okay, because forty-five is better. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, fifty-one. Fact of the matter is, I think Kyler 
was just not prepared in 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 the cafeteria, right? He did he just, they would just pick it on Miguel for the first five episodes. He didn't know he, Miguel was going to bust that out. Right, right. And he actually did I mean, he he did a hip toss and you know, he he did some actual wrestling moves in the cafeteria which he didn't do in the parking lot. But he he still couldn't do anything against, you know, what Miguel knew. Yeah, I we know very little about season 3, but if I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wor- I'm wording this carefully cuz I don't, you know, nothing's confirmed. But I think we kind of know. But if Kyler comes back in season three, I would be curious to see if there's a fight to see how he can handle himself this this time around. If Kyler comes back in season three, I actually kind of see him joining Cobra Kai under Crease and ending up on the same side as Hawk. Hmm. I wow. We need we need to get to that episode. <laughs> We we need to get to any episode, no, 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 all no. episodes. Y- your idea for for you know in, pre- in preparation for season three episode. Oh oh that one okay yeah yeah the bullshit theories in advance of knowing anything. Yeah well I, w- I was gonna tease it but there there it is. <laughs> so. <laughs> there's there's your tease. We need that one. Okay so next question is Rick again. Hold on did we did we really answer it or we just talk about it? I think we just talked about it. There's not really there's not really an, an answer yeah. to that okay. one, I don't think. Because it's not really a question. Okay. Okay. So Rick again, the old lady with the dog at the apartment, Mrs. Milo, or Margaret? Hmm. And and Margaret, for those that don't know, because I'm kind of blanking. <laughs> Margaret is Terry Silver's secretary. Okay, that's what I thought. Um so Mrs. Milo is just this really sweet, crazy old lady who looks like Uncle Louie and has a dog that she never waters. And then she's really rude and or just really outspoken because, you know, when you reach that age, who gives a fuck? And Margaret, like, wholeheartedly endorses what Terry does for a living, uh, but which she's, he, but she's also his employee. She is. But she pretends to be shocked when he says he's going to bribe the DA, which means she has bribed multiple DAs. I don't think Mrs. Milo has ever bribed a DA, so I'm going to have to go with Mrs. Milo. Plus, her dog is cute. Okay, well, I wasn't going to throw in the dog part, but I was going to go with her as well, just because I love her sass. <laughs> it, yeah, she reminds me a lot of my grandma, actually, at that age. I'm sure she reminds a lot of people of like some relative, aunt, or you know, whatever. But um, I just love how, like, she, you know, messes with him early on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, almost like, oh, Uncle Louis, you know, you would know better than me. But like that. Louis Fontini. Com- yeah. Nope. Never heard of him. Yep. No, Louis LaRusso. Nope. Never heard of him. Because there's only one Italian man named Louis in New Jersey. Yeah. I, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Uh, the next one comes from Jade again. Uh, she says, Kumiko or Allie? Boy, wouldn't people like to know. Um, uh, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> False. Amanda. Um, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to put in too much thought into this. I'm going to go with Kumiko because I feel their relationship uh, was a little bit more special. Allie, you know, was right there. It was during school. We kind of remember how it was during school, you know, with relationships and such. Kumiko, outside of school, this is kind of like, you know, them kind of 
adulting light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't forget that first love, but the things we saw him and Kumiko go through, I I, I think kind of outweighs, you know, the the stuff that w- with him and Allie. Um, I think they just turned it up a notch more for Daniel Kumiko in the Credit Kid Part 2. Um, they are both incredibly strong young women. Very brave. Know their own minds. Know what they want. Take no shit from anybody. No man is going to tell them who to be or what to do. And I like that. Mm-hmm. And we even see Allie push back against her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to do that. As far as, I mean, as as far as them as romantic, you know, interests for Daniel, as much as I hate the story, it is the way it's written in canon. Allie cheated on him because you don't just fall in love with someone that you've not been already spending time with and hanging out with and, and things like that. So yeah. and I completely forgot that, too, <laughs> the way they wrote her out. Right. Allie cheated on him. Yeah. And they corrected that with Kumiko in part three. Yes, to where she chose her career mm-hmm. over going back. And I can't fault her for that in the slightest. Right. Um, and neither did Daniel. Right. He was like, you know, it was a chance of a lifetime. Absolutely. As far as their characterization goes as individual characters, um, they're pretty well on par. But I think it was a little bit easier, especially in the 80s, uh, for Allie to be an outspoken young woman mm-hmm. in the United States in California in 1984. Um, Kumiko was coming from a very traditional village. Times were changing really rapidly around her. Yeah. The cultural difference alone, you know, uh, yes. makes them who they are also. Yes. And that makes Kumiko that much stronger in my mind. Plus, yeah, Allie punched Johnny in the nose, but she knew he wasn't going to hit him, you know, hit her back. Kumiko straight up, risked her life to pull Chosen off Daniel. And she threw a tomato at him. Well, I wasn't thinking of the tomato. I was thinking <laughs> of the obi around his no, neck. No, I, but... I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 have to, I have to give this one to Kumiko just because she is that much stronger and was willing to risk her life to save him. Yeah, yeah, all great points. I didn't even think about some of those. Um, it's just you know we we get this a lot, chemical or alley kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty simplistic, you know. It, it, there's there's so many facets of both characters. Yeah, and and I, I do like the way you phrased it all about like the way Allie's character was written and stuff. She cheated on him, so that's canon. But also, yes. that's his story. That's Daniel's point of view. We don't know. Why would he lie to Mr. Miyagi? I'm not saying he lied. I'm not saying he lied, but we've seen Johnny tell his version twice of how things went down with him and Daniel. We haven't heard what Allie's point of view was, how him and or her and Daniel went down. Look, Daniel is a dick. He is a straight up loud mouth little dick. Yes. But he's honest. They are both honest. Him and Johnny, that is. So Again, there there must there might have been something. Okay, Daniel saw Johnny kiss Allie, you know, at the at the yes. club. Okay, that's yes. not exactly how it went down, and he didn't find out until afterwards. So maybe it didn't go down with this football player as he thinks it went down. And if Allie comes back, maybe we hear her side of the story because you know you know how the big three feel about the way she was written out. Yeah, they hate it as much as we do. Yeah, and 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 I I know, and you know, John Herberts has said as much. If they had a chance to kind of correct that, I, I think they uh, absolutely will. 
And so I feel if Allie comes, uh, if we see her in Cobra Kai eventually, we're going to find out her part of the story of how that went down. Maybe she made up the cheating on him thing to get him to go away so she didn't break up with him just for the summer because she was going to Paris? No, I don't feel there was any... This is just me spitballing here, but there may not have been any cheating. It's it's Daniel jumping to conclusions. You know, oh, yeah, him just he, getting up in his feet. He never does and, that. He and, never does that. He's so right. even exactly. and mellow, not Thank the least you. bit hot-headed. <laughs> Okay, now do you see where I'm going with this? Now I see where you're going with this, yes. Thank you. All right, so the next one, bologna or mac and cheese? This is Jade again. Um, Macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese, yeah. Yeah, that was long before I found out Daniel loved it. I (laughs) I adore macaroni and cheese. It's just like the best thing ever. That, and also the kids love it, so we probably eat it maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks, yeah. Kids love mac and cheese with some Smokies in it. Blue box or homemade? Usually blue box, yeah. My husband will not eat my homemade macaroni and cheese. Why not? Because it's not as good as the blue box. <laughs> somebody, somebody grew up on the blue box, sounds like. <laughs> yes, he did. I spent I spent two and a half hours making macaroni and cheese, and I uh, do the roux, and then melt the cheese, and then there's, there's sour cream in mm. it, and I, all this effort I put into it. And he's like, it's still not as good as the box. Just throwing it out, neither of you have had breakfast or lunch, so let's, let's keep the food light here. We've already talked about, well, for me, sushi, but you know, now we're talking about mac and cheese here. My stomach's growling. Yeah, it's I, most likely going to come through the microphone. <laughs> uh, the next one, uh, Jade continues with... Uh, using Miyagi-Do, how Miyagi intended uh, through family tradition passed down, or how Daniel has used it to create a school, which I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily that different, really. Um, actually, there's a huge difference. Okay. And Daniel is okay. The purpose of for, yeah. for the school, yeah, where as Miyagi, it's like it's just a tradition. You know, it's not for. You know, it's a school. It's it's a thing they do within the family. Yeah. Okay, I get and it. Yeah, he he he. Mr. Miyagi was reluctant to teach Daniel in the first place because he wasn't his son. Right. Well, maybe this is a lot simpler than I thought it was. I really hate to say it because I mean I kind of like Daniel a little bit, but um, do you? Do just you a little, just a little. Breaking news um, here, right? <laughs> I think he, with the best of intentions, with the absolute best of intentions, because his goal is to save children, and that's never a bad thing, but he has kind of perverted everything that made Miyagi-Do what it was. Yeah. So I have to go with Mr. Miyagi's method. Although, Mr. Miyagi kind of broke that boundary as well by convincing his father to teach Sato. That's true. That is true. So there's some basis for Daniel doing it, but yeah, I think the the individual father to child thing, I think that works the best. Yeah, I, I do, and you know, it's it's more sacred. Yes, you know, more more meaningful uh, with within the family tradition and uh, it being passed down. And you know, like I, I get what you're saying about Daniel and um, you know, d- defending the children and all that. But also, if there was no Cobra Kai, he wouldn't have done that. You know, it's no, not like Daniel no, ever he sat never there would like, have. you know what? I, I really want kids to defend themselves. <laughs> so Right. Yeah, he he never would have. I think it would have ended with Sam 
I don't think he even would have tried to bring Anthony into it at all. All right. Next question, Jade again. This one's painful. John Avildsen or the big three? Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. You you know what? I I, I don't think they'd disagree with me on this, but John Avildsen, without the Karate Kid, we wouldn't have Cobra Kai. Right. You know, I, I think it's as simple as that. Um, take away the Karate Kid movies, at least the first three, right? The the Daniel LaRusso saga. Do we get a show called Cobra Kai or anything like it? No, because it doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah, I I I have to go. Sorry, guys, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, I love you all, but John Avildsen created something. That still speaks to people 35 years later. So check back me, you know, check back with me when I'm, uh, uh, you know, 82. Right. Hey, and see if I'm still talking about the show. And guys, I love your guys' movies. And, and, and John G. Evelson also directed Rocky. Oh, I didn't even think about that. See, because, you know, they're talking, she's talking about one person versus the big three. And collectively, I love all their movies. You know, John G. Evelson. He he's made movies that's a part of all of our childhoods, including the big threes. He pretty well defined the underdog movie in the eighties. I mean, there's a damn documentary called "The King of Underdogs" about him. Yes, yes, yeah. He created a whole genre through, and it def- and it was a genre that defined the decade. So, yeah, I'll 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 go I'll go with John Avildsen. Yeah. Uh, the next one, she, Jade's got some really good ones here. Uh, she does. Uh, yeah. It's some kind of outside the box ones too. Uh, the pool full or empty? I'm going to go with a full pool. You know, there's just something, an empty pool is just depressing to look at. Uh, who wants to go into an empty pool? I, I mean, unless you got a skateboard, I feel. Yeah. Robbie hung out in an empty pool. He did. He absolutely did. Um, pool full. Okay, I'm going to go with empty. Once again, through the lens of what does it mean for Daniel? The empty pool pretty well defined his life with that one shot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't have a pool, you know. We were broke as hell. We barely had a house when I was a kid. So when he walks by and I see that pool with six inches of slimy green water and the really pathetic duck floating in it... um, It's like an instant connection to him. You know, this kid is as, is as broke as I am. What did the duck do to you? <laughs> I don't know, but it's like half deflated. And it just looks so sad. And it just, it just that, that one shot pretty well, you know, Daniel's whole life just from that shot of that empty, slimy pool. You know, here was this one thing that his mom said he could look forward to, and this is it. And it sucks. So... At that point in his life, everything sucked. Now, the full pool does have going for it that it was present during, like, his first conversation with Johnny about, you know, anything important. Mm-hmm. But you look back at that that empty, slimy, deflated duck pool and then look at the pool in Daniel's backyard now. Mm-hmm. And everything he did to get out of that. So I got to go with the full one just because it actually has probably me reaching and and stretching and fan wanking like crazy because that's what I do. But it has meaning to it. Couldn't have said any better than that. And I didn't even look at it that way. But 
Metaphorically, yeah. I, I like I like that a lot. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Karate Kid Scrambler Bikes or the Cobra Kai Wild Hog Style? I love that she name drops Wild Hogs, first of all, because yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> Do you? Okay. <laughs> oh, God, I love that movie. The all Extreme right. Makeover Edition at the end. Just, oh, sure. my God. Um, You know what? I'm going to go with the hogs, and I will tell you why. Please because do. Because those boys still got it. Okay. 35 years later, they put on their leathers, they get on those bikes, and they are instant badasses, and it does not matter that they're all 51 years old. Damn it, I was going to throw that in, because I was about to tell you that I learned, hey, 51. Um, All right. This one's easy for me. I like all of that. But I'm going to go with the scrambler bikes because as a kid, my dad always promised me like a motorbike. Uh, I always wanted one ever since I saw T2, you know, with John Connor riding on one um, at the young of an age. And so I was kind of promised one as a kid and I never got it. So I think I'm still kind of holding on. Like eventually I would love a motorbike of some sort. I can see that. Yeah. And the wife has said no. So I'm never going to get one. My boys keep asking me to help them. And I'm like, no, moms do not buy their children motorcycles. It's just not done. Yeah. Uh, So that's what I'm going to go with. And then the next one, uh, Jade chimes in again. Skeleton costumes or the shower curtain costume, a.k.a. the invisible man. Skeleton costumes. Sorry, it's more badass. Shower curtain for one very, very specific reason. The Invisible Man? No, it was Daniel. Oh, that's it? (laughs) (laughs) Miss Lurker from, you know... uh, Admiring admiring from afar. afar. Yeah, yeah. That that, that doesn't sound any less creepy when I say it than it did when Dimitri said it. No, no. No. Um, Would you ever find me in a skeleton costume? I don't know. I don't know, but I would... Obviously, wear that over the shower curtain one. Just because like, costumes, I feel, are meant to be seen as, you know, like cosplayers. I wouldn't yeah, but wanna... if you wear the shower curtain, everyone knows who you are, too. No, it could be anybody, because you don't see your face. Oh, well, they know who you're dressed as. Well, uh, yes. Yes, and water is wet. And no one can see their faces in the skeleton costume anyway. Tell me which one's Tommy and which one's Dutch. Show me a screenshot first, and I can tell you. <laughs> I can pick out Bobby because his bangs are sticking out under his hood. But uh, Tommy and Jimmy are really hard to tell apart. You know what? Uh, I feel terrible, but I'm sure, you know, 98% of the the fans will agree that they probably don't even look at Jimmy. But um, Tommy does. He's always smiling, pretty much. A a creepy smile, like psycho smile. smile. Yes. Yes. So that's how you can tell. But yeah, I... Next time I watch, I might have to look for Jimmy and see what he's actually do- <laughs> doing. He's just kind of hanging out next to Johnny, not doing much. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, no, 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 that's Tommy. Oh, my God. Jimmy is over by the fence next to Dutch. Jimmy okay. is the one that picks Daniel up off the ground. Oh, boy. Yeah. It was dark. <laughs> it was very dark. It's and a they dark had, scene. They had face paint on. All right. Next is Chris S. Drum technique or wheel technique? Both impressive. Wheel technique, I feel more difficult to pull off. Yeah, yeah, because it's in tandem. It's in um, tandem. The one person has to be almost op- uh, opposite hand dominant or whatever. Right. Right. Mary Mauser's left-handed, so that works yeah, out for them. Yeah, so they can mirror each other. Um, which, which, by the way, um, this this before you came along, because this was season one, something I noted in uh, in episode 109 
when Sam is essentially grounded and she's, you know, doing homework at the table with Amanda, that's when I found out that, oh, Samantha is left-handed. And I noticed that Amanda, too, was left-handed. So I wonder if that's like a conscious decision that to make, you know, mother and daughter left-handed because of one, or is Courtney Hangler also left-handed? I do wonder. Oh, I don't know. Um, My little sister is left-handed and my son is left-handed. I'm not, and neither is my husband. Yeah, both my wife and I are uh, righties, and my seven-year-old is left-handed, and and his aunt and uncle are also left-handed. Two other, the other aunt and uncle are right-handed. So, very very weird. So, um, but but again, it it stuck out to me because I have a lefty in the in the family. Well, I have lefties in the family, but uh, one of four kids is left-handed, and so I wonder again with Courtney Hangler, is she left-handed, or did they make Amanda left-handed because of Sam? You just made me think of something because it popped into my head when I'm talking about my little sister. We had assigned seats at the dinner table, right? Okay. And if we ever, <laughs> what if we, we well, be, there's a reason because I hope if, so. if if my sister and I ever ended up sitting on the wrong side of each other, mm. we elbowed each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the whole time we were eating, right? Right. right. Um, in the dinner scene, it the, in, in the barbecue. The hot dogs in the backyard, Amanda and Sam are both on the outside. Mm. So they're not elbowing anyone. That's interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Might might have to do a little bit more research and find out. Except when she comes back. When she comes back from answering the phone about Louie, she sits down next to Anthony. So she's in a perfect position to elbow him if he gets out of line, which is a very important thing for a mother to be able to do, elbow your child. Absolutely. Fathers, too. Um so that that is interesting, and and if Courtney is indeed a righty, that's some thought put into that character. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but we still haven't answered the damn question. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Drum technique or wheel technique? I'm going to go with big surprise. Drum. Um, first of all, because it's Daniel. Second of all, because it's hot as hell when he does it. And third, because you can kill someone <laughs> with it. Did not see that one coming. Oh, I did not dodge that one. Oh uh, God, it, it, that's that that scene. Just I mean that that when he realizes what he's being told to do, and he stands up and he pushes his shoulders back and he drops his fists down to his side. That is like the most pissed off, determined. I've got this that we've ever seen from him. He is completely one hundred percent confident. Mm-hmm. In himself for the first time ever. And confidence is sexy. I'm sorry. It is. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to... Is this a surprise that I'm going with drum technique? Uh, I don't know. Um, No. (laughs) I'm going to knock on a door somewhere. (laughs) Okay. So the wheel technique. Beautiful when executed. Okay. But I, I think... The, the reason I'm choosing drum technique also because it's not in tandem like the wheel technique. So you do have to find that partner, you know, to do this with, which also I think we've all questioned, how did Daniel learn this? Who did he have to do this with? Did he do it with Mr. Miyagi? Did he do it with Julie? Was there another student in between that we have not yet met? The drum technique is simpler, but also they threw it in there. Episode, was it 106 for me? I forget now. Um, you know, we're cruising Trey, knocking on the door, right? We've all heard right. it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. See? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> now, 
Can you do anything over the mic that would make me think of the wheel technique? Mm-mm. Play the song. See? You know, drum technique right there. Um, yeah. Very true. All right. So next one comes from Rick. Pepto-Bismol poured on your head or an egg smashed on your head? Kind of a tough one there. That is. Pick your poison. Pick your torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in first, and I'm going to say the egg because I feel there's more uh, less of an egg than inside of an entire bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Um, and also from afar, you can see the Pepto-Bismol. You know, at least Very the true. egg. Yeah, you can kind of like, uh, you know, uh, scrape off the shells and the yolk and you'll be okay until you clean it out. Pepto-Bismol, you're, everybody's watching you walk by. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to go with egg too. Um, just because. Just because. It, it has nothing to do with Daniel this time, actually. Okay, all right. Um, it just it, from a, a strictly uh, technical standpoint, I have a mass of curls on my head, and eggs are actually recommended as a conditioner. Mm. So you know, it would make my hair shiny. So I got to go with egg. Also, if uh, careful, you can maybe. Um, uh, keep the egg intact and then use it to fry, right? Un uncorrect, uncorrect. No, un un no. Well, Wrong I guess if it, was, if it was in your hair, you probably <laughs> still don't want to cook it afterwards. <laughs> okay, if you are There's a no bodybuilder, rule for food in your hair. If you're a bodybuilder in the '80s, you could put that into a cup and drink it raw. It's still been in your hair. Do you, does this person condition and shampoo their hair? You know, so because if that's the case, then the hair is clean. And and I, I think at, at least one time, at least one time in somebody's life, they might have had a hair follicle in their food that they didn't know about. Very possible. I shed everywhere. I'm constantly pulling <laughs> hair out of my food. See, there you go. But it's mine and I don't eat it. This is not, you know, like this is not my hero academia where you eat somebody's hair to get their superpowers. Right. Although it really should be. Uh, let's see. Um, next one. Let's see, Rick. We already did that one. So, Chris, again, Halloween dance or obon dance? Uh, I think this one's easy for me, Val. If you want to jump in first, obon. Yeah, I no agree. Brainer. No brainer because it, the Halloween dance was that's all it was. You know, it, it was a school function. People are dressed up. Uh, obon dance people are dressed up but it's a it's traditional dance and there was a reason for it you know it's the gathering of the village after this tragic event that just happened you know the big old storm and more kind of happened right at the halloween dance uh if we're talking about cobra kai they go away from the dance miguel gets beat up in the in the men's locker room um and if we're talking about karate kid they leave the dance and then daniel gets jumped you know over by the apartments uh, so the oboe dance, everything happens there, you know. Uh, so, so from the traditional dance, the music, the uh, traditional wear, uh, the drums later on, like that whole sequence and locale, I'm gonna have to give it to the oboe dance. Um, I'm I'm the same way. The costumes are phenomenal. Um, the um, I wish I knew his name. Um, generic Asian actor number three from the eighties that, oh, that hands yes. so, yeah that, that hands Sato the jug yes that man um, oh yeah the, he the Saki he is like that guy in a lot of movies very he is. recognizable he's, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's, oh it's that guy yeah yeah um 
yeah, so I, I, I like that. I He's like terrified, and then Sato <laughs>, laughs and takes a big old swing. Oh, no, is this bad Sato or a good Sato? <laughs> this is, it, it, well, let's find out, you know, right. how much sake he gets in him. Maybe he can change back into bad Sato again. But um, the the costuming, I love my, my dad. It's probably the most culturally unsensitive thing my dad ever said. He called it the Japanese square dance because okay. you've got the guy calling out the steps. Sure. And, you know, it ended in a fight that Daniel actually won. Oh, God, it's all about Daniel again. Plus, he's wearing the happy. Yeah. So, yeah, Obone, no brainer. Yep, yep. Uh, the uh, Chris continues. Flashback, young Chris learning karate in Vietnam or flashback of young Miyagi learning from his father? That's a good one. It is a good one. Um, so I'm not choosing one just yet. Uh, the one with the crease, that's a, that's an interesting one, just because, like, uh, so basically the root of this particular this or that is talking about learning karate, martial arts, what have you. I, I think it would be interesting if he phrased it young, you know, just kind of young crease versus, like, young Miyagi. But but I, I just wanted to point that out because th- this is about, you know, the two men at a younger stage in their life learning karate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Miyagi. You know, I, I, I am Team Miyagi Do. Miyagi as a character uh, was always more meaningful to me. Kreese is a badass and all that, but, you know, I, I don't need to elaborate more than to just watch the uh, In Defense of Kreese video on YouTube. Aww. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to pick Miyagi, uh, learning from his father. Because with season three coming out especially, you know, since, you know, Daniel's going to Okinawa, Roots of Miyagi, whatever it's going to be, that is a far more interesting story to me. But if we got a story, a season, a movie, a series of Young Crease, I'll take it too. Oh, yeah. If we if we had a, a, a straight up full flashback series, I'd watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as which one we want to see on the show, which, which I would prefer, I'm with Mr. Miyagi too, uh, just because Mr. Miyagi's father obviously adored his son Mm -hmm. loved him understood him cherished him until the moment he died and then the last gift he tried to give him was his best friend his brother back Mm -hmm. so i would like to see the development of that relationship yeah and and i'm not trying to say like it would be far more interesting story what we've gotten so far there's a lot more layers there you know, from the first two movies between Miyagi, the father, Sato, and all of that. We know very little about Kreese in Vietnam, learning karate, uh, except for, like, him and Terry. Right, and how much of what him and Terry were, was talking about actually happened. Right. We know he was a karate champion because he has a picture of it. But that's about all. But I I would love to see, you know, was was his father as abrupt and curt with him as he got with Daniel sometimes you know are you some kind of girl or did those little getting squished like a grape and things like that did those come from his father right could be or you know yeah that style I would like to see where he got that was that uniquely him or was that how his dad taught him yeah I, I would love all of that absolutely all right next question it seems on the surface to be one we've answered before, but it's different. It's Robert Mark Kamen or the big three. This one is specifically writing. Right. 
mm, this one's harder than John Avildsen. You think so? I do. Um, I owe Robert Mark Kamen a hell of a lot for these movies. I just do. And the movies are so important to me and mean so much that I have made no secret of the fact that I was terrified of the show and I refused to watch it. Right. We've heard that story. And the reason that I love it as much as I do is because of how well these three men know these characters and present them in a way that makes me feel justified. Like all the things that I've thought for the last 35 years and I thought I knew about these two men and how they would react in certain situations, that's what they've put on the screen in front of me. Right. So just for validating me and for me being right about who these characters are, and plus, I just adore their writing. I adore the way they write them. I adore that they take every opportunity to throw in little bits of nostalgia, but at the same time have these two constantly under each other's skin, but there's the underlying respect and comedy at really inappropriate times that makes you laugh while you're crying. Um, and I wish I could someday be half the writer that these three are. So, the big three. Obviously, uh, for me, just even a fraction. Um, so this one is difficult. It really, really is difficult because it really is like comparing, you know, apples to oranges. The big three have a writing team. You know, that's, that's, that's another thing. You know, so so the, the the show is amazing because they have like all this collaborative efforts uh, into writing the story. Mark Kamen, one man, and again, this is comparing apples and oranges. Martin Cove has has often talked about the writing, and without Robert Mark Kamen, we wouldn't have No Mercy, wouldn't have Wax on Wax Off, wouldn't we wouldn't have Paint the Fan, Stand the Floor, all of that, right? Right. Cobra Kai is entering its third season. We don't have a lot of those iconic lines yet. And and if we do have some of those, they're not quite there yet. So hard to compare because of, you know, the the, the time difference right now. You know, if Robert Mark came in, made the Karate Kid movies like in the last 10 or wrote the Karate Kid movies in the last 10 years, and then we get Cobra Kai, I think it might be a more interesting uh, debate. But I think when you're, you know, kind of like when we were comparing with John J. Avildsen, you're talking about, you know, the the impact the Karate Kid movies had on pop culture versus like the new shiny Cobra Kai. You know, it's kind of the same for me. So I'm going to pick Robert Mark Kamen for that. Again, w- without uh, Robert Mark Kamen's writings, they, we wouldn't have some of the things that we have in Cobra Kai. This is true, and I will absolutely, you know, give it to him. The first movie, anyway, is roughly his life story, so he is Daniel. But just, I mean, it what he wrote drew me in, and it always was going to. They pulled me back, and that was something I never, ever thought would happen. And, and here's another thing, too. If we take away, maybe not necessarily take away, like, the, the, the Karate Kid... Um, Tie, uh, tie here, but if we look at their body of work, aside from the credit kid, I can't name another Robert Mark Kamen movie. Not to say that I haven't seen one, I can't tell you one off the bat. I love every single movie that the the big three has been a part of. I've seen all their movies. 
pretty sure I've seen all their movies. You know, so if we look at it that way, the big three. Okay, so you're saying both, and I'm saying them. <laughs> right. It's, but but again, like if we're excluding currently the Cobra Kai and just like maybe their uh, their previous body of work, you know, I, I guess I'm trying to justify if I chose one or the other, really. It's a really hard question. It, it is. But, but I, I, okay, so again, I'm trying to make a case for, for either answer, but I think I'm still going to go with Robert Mark Kamen. Uh, just because I, I think for the purpose of this, this, this or that, and, you know, calling it the Karate Kid slash Cobra Kai edition, I'm going to go with Robert Mark Kamen. Okay. And I absolutely have to say, because I completely forgot that was Jim R's question. Ah. Um, yeah, that, that's a, he, he gave us characters like Kreese, like Miyagi. Daniel. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, He's yeah, in here, yeah. too. You know, Johnny, yeah. Uh, yeah, your your Cobras, including, uh, you know, they're, they're all fan favorites. I don't want to single any of the OG Cobras, obviously, but uh, everybody has their certain right. favorites. Um, right now, I feel there's a you know pretty good majority of people out there aren't fans with a lot of like some of the, the newer people. And, and that's good because you want the you, you don't want everybody to be beloved, you know, and I think uh, obviously no secret here, but that that's what distinguishes Cobra Kai from the Karate Kid is the characters are gray, not black and white like the original movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's there's I mean, there's one clear bad guy here, which would be John Kreese. And then everyone else. And even he has shades of gray. Why is he that way? Right. So, uh, again, yeah, tough question. I, I keep circling around here. I'm doing the wheel technique on myself. Um, there you go. Yeah. So we'll just move along before I put my foot in my mouth or whatever the expression is. That's the expression. Uh, the next one comes from JD, Mrs. LaRusso's jalopy or Mr. Miyagi's truck. <laughs> well, first of all, it's it's not a jalopy; it's a Chevy Malibu. But <laughs> uh, nice car, Mrs. LaRusso. Um, I'm gonna go with Mr. Miyagi's truck because I don't want to have to keep popping it. The funny thing is that car was an automatic. <laughs> there was no clutch to pop. Nobody knows that but you. Everybody knows that. Um, if if everybody knew that and that is fact, then it's Mrs. LaRusso that might need a little, you know. They just should have picked a better car. But <laughs> I'm going to go with Mr. Miyagi's truck also, mainly because my, my mom had a Chevy Malibu station wagon and I hated that car. Hated that car. And it almost blew up in our driveway with us in it. So, um, yeah, I'll have to go with the truck. Also actually has a clutch. Yes, it does. It, that one actually That's is correct. a stick. That is right. And Daniel can't drive a stick, at least when well, he's 15. Neither can Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> well, it, it, Mr. Miyagi doesn't give anybody whiplash when he drives. <laughs> I hope. God, could you imagine? He's been driving that car for 40 years by that point, and oh, he boy. drove it like that every time. Right. Uh, next question uh, from Kiara. Buongiorno. I just pronounced that completely wrong. Buongiorno. <laughs> That's better. Um, is it worse to go into the final fight against Johnny Lawrence or Mike Barnes? This one I can't not answer through Daniel's eyes. I, I can jump in real quick. Yeah, you do that while I think about it. Okay, so um, I, I'm going to say it was worse to go against uh, Johnny because that was an actual tournament. You know, against Mike Barnes, he was there to defend a title with one fight. That's true. He did not have to work. That was the dumbest rule ever invented. Yeah, it, it really was. And so with Johnny, he was tired. He was fatigued. His leg and all the all the 
damage that was inflicted on him by the previous Cobras and other opponents, it was worse to go against Johnny. I can I can see that. Um, I can see fighting with a dislocated knee being harder, much harder, um, and a hell of a lot more painful. I actually have to say Mike, because he knew what he was getting into with Johnny. He made the conscious decision to go back in there. Had Mr. Miyagi put his kneecap back in place and, you know, get up and fight on it. So, but the thing with Johnny, this is coming back to, you know, his character and things like that again. Daniel has never been afraid of Johnny, ever. He didn't like him. He wasn't a fan of getting his ass kicked every time he turned around. But he also never backed down. And every time Johnny knocked him down, he got back up and he got up swinging, even when he knew he didn't stand a chance in hell. Mike Barnes is the only person Daniel has ever openly admitted he was afraid of. He wasn't even afraid of Chosen. Mm, okay. He, he was freaked out because no one had ever threatened to kill him before, but he wasn't afraid of him. He was afraid of Mike. And I think his mind, and that's why he did so badly, you know, for those first three minutes. Nothing he did would work, and then he would freak out, and he couldn't focus and he couldn't concentrate it made it way harder on him I think to fight that fight than even only having one leg against Johnny just because he couldn't get his mind in the right space right I think Mike's the only person he's ever fought from fear so I think that was worse yeah so uh we're split on that but I I can understand that okay next one comes from Mike wax on or wax off well, I, I, I think I would have to go wax off on this one because who wants to drive their car with wax still on it? <laughs> what even is this question? <laughs> it's Mike. That's what it is. <laughs> I just keep thinking of Dimitri. The I can't wax on. I can barely wax off. And we all know exactly what that was, you know, intended to be. Sure. But um, um, we can always count on Mike P for, for some levity. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'll just uh, wax on. I'll just pick one. Okay. They're both Daniel, so it's fine. Sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mike again. Miyagi or Sato if they fought? Mr. Miyagi. Agree. He broke the boulder. Wait, boulder? Is it? No, no, it was a, it was a beam. It was boulder a is a beam. stick. Or a stick. Oh, Jesus. A rock. <laughs> boulder is a rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he broke the ceiling beam. I have always thought that the reason Mr. Miyagi left Okinawa was not that he was afraid he would lose. It was that he knew he would win. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. And he didn't want to kill his best friend. Mm-hmm. Agree with that. Yep. So that one's easy. Mr. Miyagi. We'll skip Kira because we um, already went over that. And so the next one from Patrick. Who is the better sensei, Johnny or Daniel? Daniel had a little bit more experience in teaching, you know, with Sam and all. Daniel might be doing it maybe for the better choice. I mean, for the better reason. I don't know. You know, Johnny was doing it for money. You know, didn't really... Johnny was doing it to piss Daniel off. Yeah. Helping Miguel was a side effect. See, I mean, I don't know. Who is the better sensei? Who's the more effective sensei? I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how I can 
really choose one here. Um, they both suck at it. Yeah, I know. That's that's why I'm trying. Like, who's more effective? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to change the wording of it to who is the better sensei? Because I mean, who which sensei would I prefer to have for myself? You know what I mean? Like, it's the it's the wording here that's having me um, giving me a hard time to actually choose one. Well, they do have two totally different styles. Yes, Johnny is very in your face, very blunt. Okay. Um, All right. Well, Daniel how, is a hell of a lot more gentle. How, how about this? I'll go with Daniel because I can't do fifty push-ups on my knuckles. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and that's not something that he would ever make his kids do because that's probably something that he's never done or maybe even can. <laughs> and and I'd, I'd be scared to to hear what Sensei Lawrence would actually uh, call me if he didn't know my real name. Well, I mean, you look at the difference in the the, the physicality. The way Johnny is built versus the way Daniel is built, even after 30 years of training, he's still a, you know, stick with chicken legs. So <laughs> muscle development is is not like something that Miyagi-Do really dwells on, obviously. So I'd still be better with Daniel then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I just, it, they both really suck at it. Johnny has a much more aggressive style that he's trying to teach and a much more physical discipline that he's trying to get across to the kids. Daniel's is more about the philosophy and the the self-defense, and they both end up putting completely the wrong idea in their kids' heads. And and neither of them are really doing like their own thing. They're doing what they know from their experience in learning karate. Right, which is completely different 35 years later. Kids today learn differently than we did. Yeah, so I, I guess if we just say, okay, first off, they suck at sensei-ing. Yes. You know, and then and then choose one. I, I think I would just go with Daniel. Yeah, I well, yeah, me too. I mean, hello, it's Daniel. But <laughs> um, it, it's it's really because there's no way to choose between them because they're both so abysmally bad at it. Yeah. But Daniel is, Daniel, I mean, God, by the end of season one, I was going to say Daniel loves his kids. But by the end of season one, Johnny adores those kids. They're his whole life. I'll tell you what, though. I'd rather party with Johnny Lawrence. (laughs) You do that. I'll be sitting over in the corner watching you fall on your ass. Um, Waking up in my bedroom, or not bedroom, but uh, living room, you know, with a spray paint can and and all that. that. That sounds like a good time. Sleeping with a bag of barbecue potato chips yeah. instead of a woman. Look, at the age of 51, I, I'm down for that. <laughs> did, did you know he was 51? Uh, yes. That's an assumption based on the fact that he was 17 in the movie. That's yeah. all. Mm-hmm. We don't actually know Johnny's birthday. Um, yeah, I guess Daniel. Okay. Um, next is from Sarah S. Coors Banquet or Martinis? I hate beer. I like vodka. Martini. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Coors Banquet because the, sh- the show kind of made me think that it actually wasn't good beer until I had it. God, there's nothing wrong with a Coors Banquet at all. Very affordable for those that uh, are looking to get drunk on the cheap. And I've the only martini... Eh, no, I've had some martinis. Not a huge fan of them. I'd probably have to get something really flavorful, but... The very first time I ordered a dirty martini, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, right? So I asked for a dirty martini. And it ice, a, ice cold? Uh, no, as is. Well, however they serve it regularly. Just regular ice? Yeah. So um, 
They served it to me, and I'm like, wow, this is strong. And so I asked for more olive juice. And they added some more, took a sip, still too strong. And I told my wife, I go, I maybe I want olive juice with a shot of vodka because the dirty <laughs> martini was not doing it for me. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just, I, I, I really, really hate beer. I always have, I think it's the nastiest taste and stuff ever. Prefer tequila, but my drink of choice in high school was vodka. I, I think um, just like a regular martini, uh, I, I probably wouldn't do. So if we're talking about like an apple teen or something like that, I would probably prefer one of those. But uh, the way it is typed up here, I'm going to go with a Coors. Okay. Uh, she continues, Guns and Roses or Rat. I'll jump in real quick because, okay, so I may know some songs by Rat, but I can't tell you a Rat song right now. Round Guns and, and Roses, see, I'd have to hear it. And that's kind of where I'm going with that. You know, a, a lot of those metal bands back then, uh, rock and roll bands, if I did, there's a handful that I would know, okay, this is who it is and that's the name of the song. Others, I would hear and be like, I couldn't tell you which one and what the title was. You know what I mean? So I feel that's where I would fall with Rat. Guns N' Roses is a little bit more known to me. And titles, I can probably name some. So I'm going to go with Guns N' Roses. Um, that's because you were a baby in the 80s. This is true. When hair metal was a thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, also it true. wasn't your whole life. And I didn't know the name of Rat until uh, Cobra Kai came along. <laughs> Oh my God! I was Miguel in that in that very scene. I was like, "What is Rat?" <laughs> oh my God! Um, Cinderella, Dawkin. I, I have seen that movie. Dawkin. Uh, that <laughs> D- Dawkin was the group that did a song on um, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Uh, yeah, I think they had one on there. Motley Crue, Van uh, well, Halen. Uh, well, I, I know These Motley Crue the, because the, 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 of Tommy is, Lee. Um, my radio station does a, a hair metal. Um, show every weekend. They call it the Hair Club for Men. It's yeah. pretty basically what it was. Um, I had friends at the Guns N' Roses show where Axl Rose started the riot in St. Louis. Oh, wow. I, I, I have to give it up for his voice. Axl Rose is a phenomenally talented man. Slash is right up there in my mind with Steve Vai um, as far as the uh, skill on the guitar. November Rain is one of my favorite songs ever. The video makes no sense. That came out I love in this song. 1992. Uh, yep. And I, I only know that because uh, I am currently doing a music series on uh, Music Ate My Brain, where my co-host Mariano and I were going through the 90s. Uh, and each episode is a year from the 1990s. And we're going through like, you know, the Billboard Top 10. And we're talking about like deep cuts and music news. So... It's been really fun, kind of like rediscovering certain music and stuff like that. But November Rain was in the top 100. Matter of fact, it might have been in the top 20 for the year of 1992. So the reason I bring that up, because shameless plug uh, for anybody that might be interested in that. Um, But also, hey, November Rain. I've heard that title. Yes. um, I know it came out in 1992 because it may actually have been the song on the radio the first time I kissed my husband. And that was in... 92. Hey, Andy. So, uh, um, 
I love Rat. Their stuff is such feel good. I have deep set animosity against Axl Rose that I have a hard time letting go of, but musically probably have to go with Guns N' Roses. I might have to listen to some Rat soon just to see if like, okay, hey, I know this song, you know, kind of thing. You would know round and round the second you heard it. Okay. All right. The next one comes from Debbie H. Head games or the show must go on as montages, she says. Hmm. My answer is very simple. Head games because fuck that song. Uh, and, and you mean the latter? Or, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. yeah the, from a video perspective, from a montage perspective. From the visual Right. Yes. I mean, I, I would rather see Johnny drinking out of that um, brown paper bag driving, you know, hitting the steering wheel versus uh, Tommy being zipped up in a body bag. So I agree. Head games. Yeah. Um, it, it, the same way, you know, the show must go on. Like a huge Queen fan. Love Queen. Love that song. That one hurt. Is to see all the Cobras crying. Head games. Honest to God, the first time I saw it, I'm like, why is he thinking about Daniel with a love song playing? <laughs> it, it, it's like a really screwed up dysfunctional love song. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works in a really bizarre kind of way. And it doesn't hurt. It made me smile. Show Must Go On made me bawl my eyes out. Mm-hmm. As far as things I enjoy watching, head games. As far as things that reach into my soul and rip it out through my throat, the show must go on. Sounds good. Yeah. So both, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sarah S. again, back in the game or Cruel Summer? Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer. Hard to go against that one. Yeah. Back in the game is fantastic. And I love where they used it. And I love the way they used it. And I love the real, the driving 80s, you know, feel of it. And it's perfect with what's going on on the screen. But yeah, Cruel Summer, you gotta. Mm-hmm. You gotta. I, I love that. Hashtag you gotta. Uh, next one comes from Carrie, a.k.a. Switch. Uh, casual workout clothes, Daniel, or gee, Daniel? Daniel. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, this um, this was mean. My bestie is evil, and she's gonna make me choose between Daniels. Ah, <sighs> God. Um, from a non aesthetic standpoint, let's let's try to give some actual reason and thought behind this. When he's in his gi particularly in Cobra Kai, he is much more confident with the exception of the ice, which breaks my heart. He's him when he's wearing that. It's it's like he remembers who he is. Casual Daniel has definitely some things going for him. That purple sweater, get there. The blue clothes that he wears up to the mountain, definitely. Uh, he looks really good in blue. It's like it would kill the man to wear some damn jeans. Okay, here we go. I'm going to say Gee Daniel just because when he has the Gee on, he's usually fighting, which means his hair is messy. And even casually, he looks like he just walked off the page of GQ. Okay. And I 
miss the Daniel from the movies whose hair was always messy and uh, walking around dressed like Johnny, you know, in in jeans that maybe had the knees worn out and flannels that didn't match the shirt he had on and camouflage and plaid together. I miss that. Yeah. He just, I don't know, something something about the way Daniel dresses now just feels so fake. Everything feels so fake about him, and I don't like that. So I'm going to go with Guy, because that's really him. Okay. Um, I like what all you, uh, everything you said there. Uh, I'm going to go with Guy, Daniel, as well. It's, it's kind of, because of what you kind of said about, like, you know, when, when, when he's wearing the Guy, you know, to me, it's kind of like his superhero outfit, right? When he's in the Guy. No capes. You know, you know, no capes, but you know, it. He puts that gi on. He's himself, right? He he's doing the karate and all that. When he's wearing, you know, the workout clothes, I immediately go back to like him just walking into the kitchen, talking to Amanda. Hey, balance is my thing. Like, no, Daniel, it's not. Look at you. <laughs> you look, you look <laughs> disheveled. You looked overworked. You look out of it, bro. <laughs> you know, um, you're drinking a beer for crying out loud. What's going on here? Uh, so that's that's why I'm going to pick Guy Daniel because I think he is more himself. He's more cool, calm, and collected, if you will. I just want to reach out and like mess his hair up. It's always so perfect. <laughs> like, no, let it hang in your face. Stop. I, yeah, I don't just... know if that's more of a mom thing or like a you Daniel thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's not get too deep into it. All right, um, moving on. Yes, next is from Adelson Race, our friend, the phenomenally talented artist. Absolutely. Tori with Robbie or Tori with Hawk? Hmm? Ooh. Um. In what way? Like training partners or what? <laughs> oh, no, 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 like no. together? No, he's, he's, he's asking which we would prefer to see as a couple. Or drawn together? <laughs> Uh, and this one's a true hypothetical because it, it's we've not seen anything to lean us either direction. Um, right. I don't want Tori anywhere near my baby boy, first of all. Um, Robbie has enough problems, and he's he's my baby. These, these kids are all my kids, right? Um, and she is she is the one your mama warned you about. Yes. Um, so I don't want her with Robbie. Plus, she reminds me actually of Shannon. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Just with all the, the problems and, and you know, her past being what it is, the, the difficult past to overcome, the money issues. See, what, what, what you just said there, if she is like Shannon, Robbie... And there's there's certain things about broken people and ending up with somebody who reminds them of their parent. Yes. So. And he might yikes. be drawn to her because, first of all, she reminds him of that. Second mm-hmm. of all, he thinks maybe he could fix her. Right. Especially with Shannon being in rehab now. And she said it was all because of him. So, which is a terrible thing to tell your children. If you're an addict and you tell them that you're getting better because of them, and then it fails, they feel like they screwed it up. So don't do that. Don't put that on your kids. But if he fixed Shannon, he can fix Tori. Um, And Robbie just doesn't need that. Now, on the flip side, Tori and Hawk would be kind of like throwing gasoline and a match into a very small glass container. Mm -hmm. 
they are both so off the rails, there is no way that relationship is in any way healthy. No, absolutely right. Yep. Perfect wording of it, too. It, not healthy at all. Hawk being on the spectrum, Tori being as broken and broke as she is. There's there's something with Tori and Robbie and and how that could be They're both a happy unhealthy. Rela- yeah, they're, they, they could be happy, but they're both unhealthy relationships and they're both right. unhealthy for the boys. Correct. But I, I really don't think that either would be healthy for Tori either. At this point, Tori doesn't want anyone to save her. She doesn't want anyone to fix her. So right. if Robbie tries, then she's going to push back against that. Yep. You're probably right. This is probably the most hypothetical we've had. Right. And Hawk would just enable her to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Or the other way. Okay. So my answer is neither. (laughs) Tori. Um, Yeah, Tori. Um, It's the same thing I thought. It's the same thing I said with Sam leading into season two when, you know, when they, they started pushing her toward Robbie. These girls do not have to be in relationships with these guys. And these guys do not have to be in relationships with the girls. Let them stay apart. Let them stay single. Let them fix themselves and figure out who they are first. Because these three in particular have a hell of a lot of soul searching to do. And Tori would chew my Eli up and spit him out. Where Moon, I think, reached the Eli that was still in there. I think that Tori would completely annihilate anything that remains Mm -hmm. of Eli. So I'm going with Tori... With Robbie, after all that you've said, because I, I don't know if there's any other cases I could make or any other bullet points to, to say. If we have to pick one or the other... Which we do. Robbie. Okay. We agree there. Yes. Uh, next one comes from Alfred, and this one is very interesting. Who is more evil, Crease or Terry Silver? Terry Silver is a pretty bad guy. Crease is mentally abusive, emotionally abusive, physically abusive to his students. How long has he been teaching? Do we know? I don't know. Do you know? Uh, no. Uh, long enough? Mid-70s, probably. So one could say the impact of his behavior and personality might be more evil versus Terry Silver, where Terry Silver is a bad not me- bad in terms of like, you know, quality, but he's a bad business person. So I, I guess, I mean, from the little bit that I've said, I- I'm probably going to say Crease. Um, as much as I hate Crease, I think when it comes to evil, I may not agree with Crease's motivations. Um, I can look back and point, maybe, hopefully at some point look back at his past and say there it is there's the moment that he stopped being who he was and became this monster um and here's why and i'm sure there's going to be a damn good justification for it terry um first of all is an ecological terrorist who in who in borneo knows what chloride sludge is just dump it on their heads bribing da's he's just generally slimy and when it comes to the karate aspect of it and what we saw from them, I, 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 Johnny spent five years, roughly, under crease. So we know how abusive he is, you know, emotionally, physically. I don't think he saw it that way. 
he didn't realize he was abusing Johnny. I don't think Johnny realized it either until he got out of it. Um, and maybe, I mean, I think he does now uh, because he was so dead set against him doing it to his kids. And he, you're not going to do to them what you did to me kind of thing. Daniel was with Terry for three months. And he's still broken. And that's from the mental and psychological bullshit. Crease was mean to Johnny. Terry destroyed Daniel. And he did it on purpose. So I actually have to go with Terry as Damn being it. the more evil of the two. Damn you for making me want to change my answer. <laughs> I haven't done too many of these, like this or that's like ever. This might be like my second or third one, but I, that's why I like doing these. You know, I, I can go one way and then like you opening up this whole thing about Terry, but like, damn it, you know what? You're right. You are right. <laughs> because yeah, uh, the, the, the stuff he did to Daniel in part three and how it's still stuck with him. Yeah. Johnny doesn't like Crease. I mean, he loves him, but... He's leery of him and he's like, he tried to kill me and all this stuff. But he doesn't see Crease everywhere. Daniel sees Terry everywhere he looks. Everywhere. He was comparing Kyler to Terry. He straight up may as well have called Robbie Terry at the end of season one. He expects people to fuck with his head. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, a case could be... Made for either one, but I think you make an extremely strong case for Terry being the more evil, right? As this this or that is worded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stacy, are Johnny and Daniel more different or the same? Ooh, same. Same. More different. Or would it be more different or more same? I mean, I guess worded either way is still be. Do they have more in common than not? Right, yeah, same. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Love the love this one though. <laughs> yes. Uh, next one comes from Sarah B. Chosen with his shirt on or off? In parentheses, I know you like. <laughs> Thank you for the picture. <laughs> uh, I, Visual aid is always appropriate. It is, but she only got the one. All right, so she didn't put give us the other picture. She didn't give us anything. Philippe did. Oh, you're right. Yes. Uh, my yeah. Yep, you're correct on that. So, Philippe, I where's the other picture? Um, I will wait here patiently for the other one. Um, just uh, imagine. Just, I I can see it. Uh, I'm yes. going to go with chosen with his shirt off. It's a little bit more intimidating with his shirt off, because again, you you mentioned earlier the way Daniel looks, even even after 35 years. Right. Uh, I feel chosen has a very similar body type still. Um, and then you compare the two, I would hide from Chosen. <laughs> Whereas Daniel, I may just walk up to him and, and have a nice talk. Uh, but there you go. Chosen scares me, especially with the shirt off. And I, I've i said it in my review of Cobra, uh, Cobra, Cobra Kai Part 2. Um, no, Chosen <laughs> reminded me a lot of my uncle. My uncle, who is mid-40s right now, Still has this body. It's freaking crazy. I might have to oh, share the, that. Oh, the triangle with the little tiny waist and the great big pecs? Yeah, yeah, he does. So I will have to show you guys why I always thought Chosen reminded me of my uncle. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yes, I see no lies here. <laughs> I was a 13-year-old girl. Off. <laughs> I'm a 36-year-old man. Off. 
<laughs> um He's it, it, it was it's it's actually kind of strange because, you know, I, I came into the movie and came out of the movie, obviously, with this, you know, little tiny crush on Daniel. <laughs> um, and he and Chosen could not be built any differently whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but when he took his shirt off and it's like, oh, my God, his waist is so tiny uh-huh. and his chest is like, wow. Like, how is that possible? That that is a triangle if I've ever seen one. Yes. You know, people joke about like the the bodybuilders in their triangle shape. That's a triangle because his waist is a point. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's so skinny and his shoulders are, you know, not super super broad. Yeah. But just the muscle development on and plus I was a 13-year-old girl and he's a really hot guy with his shirt off. Yeah. Of course it's off. Yeah. Muscles. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, next Sarah again. Cobra Kai or Koala Kai? Obviously, this is in reference to uh, Martin Cove's commercial with uh, QuickBooks, right? Which is hilarious. Love they it. They are all hilarious. Love me that Koala Kai uh, logo, too. It's pretty badass. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Koalas are actual. Koalas will fuck your shit up. I, I don't doubt it. Um, Their claws are like eight inches long. Did not know that. Uh, Well, they hang from trees. Knew that, <laughs> but so do like monkeys and stuff. So I, I just, I never thought about their claws. In the eighties, we had a cartoon. It was Quickie Koala, and he was like just this cute little fluffy. I mean, it was a Saturday morning cartoon, straight up about a koala. Okay, but they will absolutely fuck your shit up if you piss them off. That's why when you see all the the scenes coming out of Australia, the people that are rescuing the koalas from the fire, there's a reason they're all taking their shirts off to do that. Hmm. It's so they get those claws, you know, wrapped up in their shirt so they don't get their, you know, throat ripped out. I have to go cobra. Okay. Have to go cobra. All right. Koalas are badass though. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm going to go with koala just to be different. Because um, that, <laughs> that that commercial is everything. Uh, it, it's one of those, I didn't know I needed it till I saw it. <laughs> now right? I, now I need a spinoff, Koala Kai with Kreese. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Johnny, um, remember what I said about Cobra Kai? It, it's yours. I'm starting a new dojo, Koala Kai. I need that right there. Well, he did ask Johnny if he wanted to go catch a movie. But... Um... The interviewer asks him what he's going to do with all his free time, and he lists off all these things. And the last one is, ask Johnny if he wants to go catch a movie. Okay. You know, I saw it like one time, and I don't know if I finished it, to be honest with you. So I I don't remember that part. I do, because I died. I was like, that's hilarious. I'll have to go watch it again. I I, I feel bad, but I've probably seen more GIFs from Koala Kai than I've seen the actual commercial. I've seen most of the commercial. That's possible because yeah. gifts are a thing and they're pretty insidious. Well, anytime I type in freaking Cobra Kai, you know, for gifts, like I get Koala Kai as well. So I'm like, oh man, I, I got to learn how, well, I, I want to eventually use it somehow, you know, the Koala Kai stuff because it's there. But uh, I do like how it's showing up along with the Cobra Kai when you search it. Mm-hmm. Excellent marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next one comes from Sarah again. Karate Chop through all six ice blocks or punch through stack of flaming rocks now i i didn't play sports growing up because i felt i was very fragile okay uh so having said that i wouldn't want to injure my fist uh attempting to even try putting a scratch on maybe the top brick so um you know swinging the hips and trying to attempt to 
break the this ice blocks might be easier for me. Uh, though I still feel like I'm gonna bruise my hand, so I'm gonna go with the ice blocks. I choose Daniel. <laughs> okay. Ice blocks. <laughs> okay. All right. I wasn't ice sure you could say anymore. Definitely. All right. Um, uh, Johnny succeeding in punching through the concrete took away Daniel's ability to break the ice, and it made me cry. And so... um, it, and completely biased, right? You know, love chosen. No, I'm not love... biased. No, 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 at no, no. All. me, 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 me. <laughs> I'm trying to speak for myself here, but the, the all six, you know, the icebox chosen, having interviewed Yuji Okamoto, when he dropped the all six unsolicited was one of the most perfect things of all of my interviews. It was just kind of like, well, well, that came out, you know, it didn't come out from nowhere, but it was just so perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I still I still remember Kaz like messaging me like immediately after he heard that part. He's like, oh my God, that sent chills. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's so was like, tell me about it. Like, I, I was like, whoa, whoa, he, you know, got some chosen right there, you know. Um, but also that kind of, uh, eh, I, I would I would still pick all six. But also when Sean Kanan came on and then he did his intro, I didn't know what he was going to say. And then he broke out into the Mike Barnes and, you know, did like uh, a spin on spin on his line from the Karate Kid 3. That was also like, whoa, kind of mind blowing. Oh yeah, I could yeah, I, I I could definitely see when they shift into character. Yeah. But I guess if we're talking about shifting into character, freaking Martin Cove, that man was giving us a monologue for his intro. <laughs> 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 but that was still pretty I mean, um if anybody stayed for like the the stinger on on that interview, uh you heard the part where I you know, obviously because it was the intro, you know, you couldn't have like what I said after that, but I you know, there was there was a brief pause and I go, I might have peed myself. <laughs> you know, uh, and so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be. They couldn't have picked anyone more opposite Crease to play him, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so from a non-Daniel standpoint, except it's still a Daniel standpoint, character development. The ice blocks were something Daniel did not know he could do. He actually was pretty sure he couldn't. Thought that maybe he could do three, and then they dropped the six on him, and he wanted Mr. Miyagi just to get him the hell out of the bar. Oh, I love that scene. So yes. funny. <laughs> I'm going to pray. He's, oh, he's so pissed. He is so pissed when Mr. Miyagi says, oh, yeah, you're going to do this and I'm going to pray. Like glaring at him like I don't think Daniel has ever glared at anyone. He is so mad at him. He just wanted him to rescue him and save him. He didn't want yeah. to actually have to do it. No, you're right. And then he did it. So and Johnny absolutely knew he was going to be able to get through the cement. Yeah. There was no doubt. It's probably something so. he's trained for, uh, has trained, and he has done, um, obviously, because Johnny is not the type where he's going to embarrass himself, especially in public like that, in that manner, in a way, you know, a, a demonstration where, you know, that he couldn't fully do, you know, obviously when he's trying to be there to um, promote Cobra Kai. So, yeah, I, I, I like what you said there. You know, Daniel didn't know he can do it. Miyagi had faith, and he did it. So, right. Yeah. He can do it now. I would imagine he's probably done it many, many times because he was not the least bit worried about it. I would I would have liked to have seen Daniel maybe turn it up a notch from six, though, you know? Ooh, go up to eight. Yeah. You know, hell, well, why don't we just make it an even 10? I mean, I know eight's even, too, but you know what I mean. I don't want to break his hand. He has very pretty fingers. <laughs> I don't want to know how you know. <laughs> Because I don't know what because you're talking about Daniel or Ralph it's, here. It's, it's, it's Daniel. He's He's got these very long, thin fingers. Let's move it along. Yes, he can play the piano very well. 
Uh, Sarah, again, crane kick or leg sweep? Duh, crane. Yeah, crane, uh, crane. Just because visually, you know, it's a little bit more like if you haven't seen a crane kick, it's like, whoa, what is that there? Everybody sweeps the leg, right? So it's like everybody can do it. Crane kicks a little bit more. The, you know, the mythos of the crane kick in the story, I think, has a more significance than a leg sweep. Right, and plus Johnny took that, despite all of his protestations that it was illegal. He lied when he said it was illegal because he had Miguel do the same thing. If he really thought it was illegal, he would never have had Miguel do it. There's a uh, deleted scene, and before I continue, I'm making this up. Uh, there's a deleted scene where Johnny asked Ref Hirokota, can can he do this? And he probably said, yeah, I, I will allow it. Okay. <laughs> uh, following up on that, the leg sweeping, because Xander did a sweep on Aisha. That's how he got her on the ground. Mm-hmm. And Sam called it cheap. Basically, if he hadn't resorted to that sweep, you'd have you'd have got him. Um, so the the sweeping the leg is seen as kind of cheap now. And the crane is so powerful and iconic that Johnny is even teaching it to Miguel. Yeah. So. Yeah. Plus Daniel. <laughs> uh, is anybody keeping track at home there? Let, let us know at the end <laughs> if you tallied all the, the, the Daniel uh, if, answers they, if this is a drinking game, how many time I how many times I say Daniel's name? Uh, they're very very drunk at this point. Oh, might might be passed out on their bedroom floor. Or t- I keep seeing bedroom, uh, living room, living, living room. room floor. Um, next one is Philippe. He says snake in the grass or gardening education. What? Miyagi Do or Cobra Kai? Snake in the grass is what Daniel calls Johnny on his ad. And then the gardening is, you know, the the kids were like, you were just scamming to get somebody to do your yard work. Okay. Team Miyagi-Do. Miyagi-Do. No explanation necessary. It's us. I mean, and and if you've listened to the show, you you've know, you know why. So I, yes. I think, yeah, we don't need to be a horse and all that nonsense. Right. Um, Rick again? A dick or a rocket ship? That's a dick. I, I oh okay. <laughs> I needed context, and your answer gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, oh, you completely forgot. Um, well, no, no, no. I I knew exactly. Well, okay, the rocket ship, yes, but I I was trying to think like what what, what kind of dick like. Or, so he's talking about the the spray paint. Yes, was it a dick or was it a rocket ship? Right. So at first, I'm just thinking like a dick or a rocket ship, and I'm like, okay, for what? <laughs> 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 context context is key yeah a dick <laughs> it's a dick yeah the rocket ship is hilarious oh absolutely i mean i've never seen a rocket ship so limp okay <laughs> uh the next one uh, is rick again skinny dips or bong rips well bong rips I see no lie here. All right. Um, I've never skinny dipped, and I probably will never. Uh, just because I, I think, you know, who whoever's in it with me aside, I, I just think that's gross because I'm assuming this is a public hot tub, a public pool, you know what I mean? Access other people. I, I just think that's gross. I mean, I know, like, a bathing suit isn't keeping me any cleaner, but just... That alone, I I just think it's kind of gross, even with a bunch of naked women. Okay, I, I wouldn't skinny dip. Bong rips, 
I live in Oregon where it's legal. I'll leave it at that. Um, I think that generally when you go skinny dipping, you're with one, maybe two other people. Oh, I don't know. Like for some reason, I always think like skinny dips is maybe like a small group of people together. You know, just you're maybe... like having a full on orgy over there. What are you doing in the <laughs> pool? No, like I don't no, know. You don't I do mean... it in a public pool. You do it in your backyard or at when, the lake when no one else is there. When I'm thinking skinny dip, I mean, I guess, I guess in which vacation movie was it where Clark is out there and then the young lady she skinny dips on her own. But sometimes uh, I, I think of like visually, I think of some movies where maybe two young ladies hop into a pool first nude and try to get the guys to come in kind of thing. What kind of movies are you watching, Peter? Well, I mean, um, I mean, this is like skinny dip of Jays, but Guantanamo Bay, you, you, you know, Harold and Kumar show up to a party where they're, uh, you know, bottomless. You know, that's almost skinny dip, right? And it's it's a party. It's a, it's a bunch of people. Um, I'm thinking the movie Alpha Dog, is it? Uh, I, I think Amber Heard and Amanda Seyfried. I think it's those two. Their characters, you know, undress and hop into a pool and try to get some guys to come in. So I always, when I think skinny dip, I always think like, you know, a group of people, small or big. I never think it's like one and one, you know, like two people. That's... It did completely the opposite of where my head went because usually yeah. that's like a a very private thing, like you and your significant other or whatever. Private, but you're still um, doing it in a public pool or a hot tub, right? No, like I said, like at the lake when no one's there, or in the river when no one's there, or in your own backyard. A lake is even more gross. You know, all the bacteria <laughs> and crap is floating in there. That's 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 gross, people. <laughs> Okay, so I can't Cle- clearly, swim. Clearly, I've never lived. <laughs> <laughs> I can't swim. I am terrified of water um, to the point that I am afraid of the entire state of Florida. We went to the ocean on vacation in 2010, and I spent the entire thing sitting on the beach praying that my children wouldn't drown, even though my children... Um, because I can't swim, I got them all swimming lessons. Um, I am absolutely petrified of water, terrified. Plus, I live in Illinois, where it's also legal. So, gotta go bong rips. Yeah. Just because I don't swim in general, because I'm going to die if I do. Yeah. Uh, Dorian T., Blue Hawk or Red Hawk in terms of style? It's still a Mohawk, though, right? I mean, isn't it just a color? Or am I wrong on that? Um, well, it, it it signifies something. Okay. The, well, the, you said in terms of style, so that's... In, in terms of style, yeah, it's still just a mohawk. That's like asking us our favorite color, red or blue. Yeah, and that, that's, that's really it, right? Yeah, if we get more into it, into what it means... And I don't believe that's what he's asking, because he the second comment is in terms of in style. In terms of style. See, I can't separate the two, though. I really can't. Um... Hmm. Because it goes it goes hand in hand with the having the the hawk's mohawk recolored on his back too. That's his rising from the slab screaming no moment. Um, as cheap and cheesy as that was, and as much as I hated it, I have to go blue hawk just because blue hawk still had Eli. Oh, see, so you're going beyond the style though. You're cheating. I ha- I, I have to. I, no, I you have don't. to. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> because the reason the style changed is because the character changed. I I know I know this. I know you don't have to tell me. But he's saying in terms of style. 
Well, in terms of style, I like blue better than I do red. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to choose the red mohawk uh, because probably because red is a little bit more close to what is a natural hair color. The blue hope mohawk doesn't do anything for me. If it was a green mohawk, it wouldn't do anything for me. I think red looks better as a mohawk on him. But having said that, I've actually had I've had blue streaks in my hair before. I have blue. The whole back oh, of yeah. my hair is blue. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and was purple. So I, I totally get that. Uh, I, I just think in, in terms of the mohawk and on hawk, I think the red looks better on him. But uh, and again, we're talking about style. So and, and I probably would never streak my hair blue again just because I hate how it turns green after, you know, some after a couple weeks. Um, Yours doesn't do that or did that? No, no. Mine is still as blue as it was in August. My hair actually holds on to, to hair dye really, really well. Hmm. Interesting. Might be a little faded, but it's not green. It's still blue. Yeah, I, I don't I don't do stuff like that to my hair very often. So We won't I'll... talk about the gray at the top, though. So. <laughs> no, we won't because I'm not touching that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. That's it. We've reached the end. This was a lot of fun, guys. This was. I knew it was going to be a long one. We're probably, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably like at two hours right now. Let's see here. Oh, holy shit. Uh, almost two and a half. Yes. Because the last time I checked, it was like an hour 34. But uh, it's, y- you know what? I-, I think this episode is something unlike things that we put out before. And I think it brought up some very interesting questions, debates, hypotheticals. So I'm glad we did this. When when I first thought of uh, doing this, I was just like, oh, you know, it would be a fun episode. But I think this ended up being like a really good episode. I think so, too. I think so, too. Plus, there's a lot of Daniel. <laughs> Boy, is there. Uh, so that's going to um, you know, conclude this episode. We have some ideas leading up to season three that we want to do ourselves. But feel free to reach out and say, hey, you know, give us some suggestions. But they are suggestions. That doesn't mean we're going to do them. But we are open to suggestions. We want to make things fun. And we want to try to put out different content uh, as we get close to season three. And, you know, prepare you guys for what may come. We don't know. So no clue. No clue. And we've got kind of an open ended timeline here because we don't have a release date. We don't have a trailer. Um, Spring of 2020 is all we've got. But I mean, that could be any time between the beginning of March and the middle of June. So we'll wrap this up because you guys have been listening long enough to some. This might be like, you know, your fourth fourth attempt to finish the episode, who knows. Right? Um, but Brianna, uh where can listeners find you if they want to check out some of the amazing content that you create? Um I am on Twitter almost constantly, Brianna25. Um I do a lot of tag diving for Cobra Kai, um retweeting things, kind of trying to reach out, expand the fandom, um trying to bring everybody in that I can find. And if I find someone who's mildly interested, I drag them in kicking and screaming. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Tumblr. I'm on YouTube where I post music videos. I'm on archive of our own and fanfiction.net where I'm posting this silly story I'm writing. And I'm on Instagram, which is where all of my goofy posters are. And I am Brianna 25 on all of them. You need to cut it out with this uh, goofy poster and a lot of stuff, you know. Ralph liked it. John shared it, retweeted previous stuff. Like I am no, I am no race. 
Not even close. Oh, boy. He kicks um, my ass. Well, that's good because you're Brianna 25, okay? So this is true. You are you, he is he, and I am me, Peter. You can find me on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod or Instagram Cobra Kai Podcast. I don't want to tease some of the uh, episodes that we got coming up because I don't want to pigeonhole myself into something that I've said on recording. We already mentioned, uh, you know, the whole bizarre, what, what, what did you call it? Bullshit theories of season three in Bullshit, advance not of knowing anything. Got yes. it. So that one. Um, so that's something uh, we're still debating. <laughs> if we want to do Hayden's quote unquote Q&As, you know, who who gave Hayden the, the, the cell phones. I'll, I'll tease that one. I think that'd be a fun one, though, if we did do that. That would be. We talk about it all the time, too, though. His answers are so funny. I love his answers. He is so dry and sarcastic, and I feel his humor. Yeah. I really do. Oh, yeah. It's great. And if you guys haven't seen any of that, go back and just go through Hayden's timeline. Most of it is that stuff that we're talking about. But yeah, that that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for your continued support, as always. And if you have a couple minutes, and I hope you do because you've listened to this episode that's two and a half hours long, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or you know Apple Podcast review. That really help out. Again, Season 3 is coming up around the corner. And if other people are looking for podcasts, your guys' ratings and reviews will help um, you know this show be a little bit more visible. Yeah, and we are still bringing, I mean, there are still people that are watching this for the first time. There really are. And we continue to get a few new listeners here and there, too, which has been amazing. So that's it, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Court Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.